You ever felt like that? <laughs> we probably all have been in situations like that, haven't we? If you have a copy of God's Word with you today, turn with us to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. I want to speak to you on the subject of accountability. And then the question, who, me? Accountability. Who, me, take in consideration of what you just saw today. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 following. Now notice what Peter is writing. He most, at the very beginning, starts with the elder or the preacher. Start with, he starts with those who are the ones who are to teach, to lead, to shepherd. And then he moves into the bigger part and the greater part of the congregation. Notice what Peter says. The elders who are among you I exhort. I whom am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but by willingly, not by dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those who entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Now notice what he says to us. He's talking about submitting to God now and resisting the evil one. 
Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of the all grace, who called us, to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established strength, and settle you. Now notice verse 11. To him be glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The video that you just viewed today showed a responsibility of individuals. And it was a responsibility for everybody. But everybody didn't want to do it. And it was a responsibility of somebody, but somebody wasn't going to do it. It was a responsibility for anyone, but anyone wouldn't do it. It was a responsibility, and you're going to hear me say nobody, aren't you? Whose responsibility, if it wasn't nobody and nobody did it? Whose responsibility was it? It was everyone's, what everybody's responsibility. Well, I think this is what this, uh, Peter is saying in the latter church of the early church age. And I think he was saying that there was a time coming, it was already here, that the evil one was going to try to keep and to hinder every individual who was a part of the church to just not do anything and let somebody do it or someone else do it. But Peter said it is all, it is for everyone and it is all of our responsibility then to do so. So if the devil is wanting to stop you, then it behooves us to somehow be accountable to each other, primarily to God, but to each other to help us in our Christian walk and in our Christian daily living. Now, as we look at accountability, the main difference between accountability and responsibility is this. You see, responsibility can be shared. Stop there just a second. Differences between responsibility and accountability. Responsibility can be shared while accountability cannot be shared you say wait wait preacher I, I disagree but hold on just a second 
Being accountable not only means being responsible for something, but also ultimately being answerable for all of your actions. Also, accountability is something you hold a person to only, listen very carefully, only after a task is done or perhaps not done. Responsibility can be before and are after a task. Accountability is each individual's requirement. Responsibility is each individual requirement. But we are accountable to each other, to the responsibilities that God has given to us. God is in the process, I want you to know, here at this great church of Theresa, right here in Person County, right here near some lakes. God is at work. He is in a process of continuing, even in an older congregation, to rise up men and women and boys and girls to make his church great and better than what it's ever been. God is continuing to raise up a generation that is at work now, and it's not over, it's not ending. Some folk may think that work has ended, but it is not. We are still accountable to God for the work that God has begun at Theresa Baptist Church. Amen? We're accountable to that, every one of us. And then we all have responsibilities in that process and that accountability that we have to God. Let me say something to you that we need to realize. We need to realize very onset that all men are accountable to God. We need to realize that. That everyone is accountable to God. Not just me. Not just you. Not just you. It's me as well. We're all accountable to God. And God has called us to accountability. But did you realize that most don't have a real plan? They don't have a real, healthy, vital, spiritual, moving life under the accountability with God? Somehow we have chased other gods. Somehow we have allowed our lives to be intertangled with other gods. And this is kind of what Peter is saying to us in essence when he's talking about the devil coming as a roaring lion, going to and fro, trying to do what he can to get those of us to not be accountable anymore to God. Most need to discover the beautiness the beautiness and the benefits of the biblical accountability. Most of us in these days that we're living need to somehow uh, rediscover the glorious benefits and the glorious beauties of what God has for us. Now a good example of seeing how important accountability is to God and to each other, 
A good example would be that of King David. You remember King David, don't you? You remember what King David did? He did a lot of things, didn't he? Got in trouble a lot of times too, didn't he? But do you remember how that King David, with a group of his men, would flee from the King Saul because Saul was wanting to kill him? And that in his fleeing, he had the opportunity one night to go into a cave where King Saul was and he could have reached up with a dagger and he could have killed the king and he would have been king himself because God had already promised him the kingship. But with great integrity and a responsibility as a soldier... And, as, and being accountable to Saul as well and to his men that he was following, he would not bow himself within the presence of all of those he were accountable to to fall and to commit murder at that point and to take Saul's life. But now follow me just a little further down the road. In fact, it's not very far down the road. He goes back back to the town. He goes back to the place that he lives. And as he's in town, he has sent all of the soldiers back out to the field. And while he was there, he spots a, a lady bathing across the way. Now notice where accountability kind of leaves him. Notice where responsibility kind of presses aside. And he sees this lady and lust begins to dwell in his heart. And all at once it caved in his whole soul. And he asked that this lady be brought to his house. And you know the rest of the story. He has relations with her. You know, continue, the story goes that he even has her husband killed. But now with all of that, you say David was a man after God's own heart. He lived a life that was pleasing to God, but yet he would find himself failing. How could that be? Most of those times, follow me again, most of those occasions would be as he was out with all of his men, he would remain accountable with those accountability partners. But when he would get away from those accountability partners, away from those who would be around him, and basically that would hold him accountable, he would start failing. Not that we're belittling God by no means, but you understand as I today that we must have each other. And God is building up in these days, raising up a church that is above what is happening in the world around us and is encouraging us that we would be accountable to God and be accountable to each other as He raises us up together. We need people who love God more than they love the gods of this world. We need people who love God more than what the devil brings on the scene, as the Bible here says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. 
We need folk who are in love with Jesus and, and believe Jesus and, and, and are accountable to, to him. Not just that one day we're going to stand before the presence of God and give an account for everything that we say, everything we do, wherever we go. Those things that are not right with God, we will have to bow before him and give an account for those. We know that, but it should grow beyond that. It should not be that we're afraid that we're going to stand before God, but it should be that we're afraid in the midst that perhaps we have not done all that we should have done with accountability and with responsibility before God. We need folks that are in love with Jesus. In love with Jesus. Proverbs says this in 27, 17, that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As we come together in worship, as you are doing today, you know what you're doing? You're sharpening each other in this room today. We're sharpening each other in this place today. Why don't we engage more so in this biblical way of, of, of authority? You want me to tell you the greatest perhaps is pride. It may be that that we would have to admit that we don't want anyone to tell us anything. It may that we have to admit that you might tell me something that I don't want to hear. I already know, but I'm prideful, and I don't want you to say that to me. I want to go back to Proverbs 27 again, where he says, iron sharpens iron. And so that you sharpen each other. Could I leave with you two questions at that moment? Who is sharpening you? Something to think about, isn't it? Who is sharpening you? Who is sharpening you? Who is sharpening, sharpening you right at this very moment today? Who is sharpening you? Who is sharpening you right at this very moment of time today? Right at this very moment, our mind starts thinking, I'm sure. Who is sharpening you to reach the full potential of your Christian journey? Peter talked about that the elders were to teach and to preach what was right. Take the word of God and rightly divide the truth and let folk know what it was to live the truth. But then he went on. You saw the scriptures there where it talked about the older. I don't think it's necessarily talking about older in age. But the more mature Christians. The men helping the men. More mature Christian men. Helping the young boys and younger men and those who are coming to a saving relationship with God. And then women doing the same thing, the older women. And it could be in age as well, but, but he's talking about maturity. Those who have matured in the Lord and they're encouraging each other. So could that answer then, who is sharpening you right now to help you fulfill the complete potential in Jesus Christ? Who's hindering that? Could it be pride? 
that we don't need anyone else. Or perhaps fear of abuse. And this would be more rather uh, someone uh, really coming along and we feel like they're trying to manipulate our lives. Just leave me alone. I'm doing okay. I'm living all right. Or perhaps it would be not only a pride and fear of abuse, in other words, or perhaps it is a lack of a plan for the better way of saying, I don't know how to do it. If I could, maybe I would. Maybe I would be involved. Maybe I'd get someone. Maybe, maybe I, would, I would even help someone else be accountable as well. Well, what do we look like, or what do we look at? What do we look for in folks like that? What do you look for in someone that will tell you the truth? What will you look for? Who will you look for? I think, first of all, you'll look for someone who will give you unconditional love. They have unconditional love for you. They will be very honest. Honesty hurts sometimes, doesn't it? And that they will give you confidentiality in the process. And then that they will pray for you every time that you need to be prayed for along the way. We must be humble before God before we'll be able to come to that point. We must be dependent on God before we'll come to that point. But we also must be alert to the fact that, that there is a need for us to live with accountability of the life that God has prepared and has given to us. Again, because the devil is always on the scene, he's always at work, he's messing with us in every way that he can with all kind of temptations with all kind of deceptions with all kind of discouragements he doesn't want us to be prepared he doesn't want us to be assured but God will give us that if we will allow him to do that you see, he alone can perfect you. He alone can confirm you. He alone can strengthen you. He alone can establish you in your heart and in your life. Some of you may have done this. I, I've never uh, had this kind of hunting before. Falconry, is anyone here ever... Hunted, that's the way it's uh, said, falconry, meaning that you go hunting and you take a hawk and you, or some other kind of trained bird and you let it go up in the air and hunt a prey for you. But that's not all. You have a shirt that you put in a caged, a smaller bird that you put in a cage. And that little bird that you have in that cage is a scare. He's afraid. He's afraid of that hawk that is flying. He's afraid of all predators. And so the hunter, they tell me, takes that little bird and he puts him in that little cage and he watches that little bird because the hawk goes so high that you cannot see it 
He goes out of sight hunting for the prey where he can see and wherever he could go get the prey. But the man who is hunting watches the eyes of that little bird that is inside of that cage. And they tell us that that little bird will lean his head over and that his eyes never is taken away from that hawk that is flying that the hunter has actually let get out of his sight. But he can watch his head and he knows every moment where that hawk is. He knows every moment and he has not lost that hawk. And so it is with God. God helps us. And he helps you. He helps me today as we are accountable to him. We may not see all that's out there, but I can tell you this much that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will help us. And if we have those around us that help us to be accountable, we will be helped. I want you to look at another little video here uh, before I finish today. Did you take serious the words that were written on the video as the guys were doing their work together? 
If you did, then that's the same that we have. We must, have, we must be prepared. We must be synchronized together. We must be unified. We must be engaged. We must have the common goal. We must be focused and dedicated. I want to ask you a question again. How are you doing What are you sitting here today, right now, hoping that I won't ask you today? Can I ask you that again? What are you sitting here today hoping that I won't ask you today? What are you all sitting here today hoping that I won't ask you all today? The only person that can answer that is me, you. The only person that can answer that is each one that is in this room. As the musicians come and we prepare for a song of invitation, I want to ask you a few questions as we come, and you may stand. I want to ask you, how are you doing in the following areas? How's your consistency in satisfying your personal devotions? How's your battling against ungodly thoughts and unbelief and bitterness and resentment and lust and pride, jealousy and covetousness and racism and we go on and on? How's your energy for the week ahead when we get out today for the week ahead? with accountability. Your feelings of effectiveness in your role of what you're, do, you're doing. This will become more personal. Have I been with a man or a woman in the past week in any way that could be viewed as compromising have any of my financial dealings failed to be filled with integrity? Have I viewed sexuality and explicit materials? Have I viewed them? Have I neglected to give appropriate time to my family? Is there anything that you would like me or anyone else, our deacons or other pastoral staff, to pray for you about? Are to hold you in accountable for, are to rejoice with you over. How is your family joy and harmony? The only person that can answer that is me and in you. Ever how a Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, I'm going to ask you to respond. It may be to invitation bow on your knees before God and it may be in your seat and you know what it could be that you need to step over and speak to someone in the church and say to them what you need them to hear from you all right as we sing
we realize, Father, that we are accountable most of all to you, primarily, but we're accountable to each other. And so help us, Lord, to lift up each other and, and realize, Father, that we're accountable to teach those below us, those that are younger than us, Father, in their spiritual journeys, to help them be prepared. Thank you for those who have helped make us accountable. Thank you for this congregation who keep me accountable. I want to pray you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen.
if we just come down here by a quarter field, we'd be okay. Yeah, there's nothing bad about to be back there for the well, uh, condition and everything. Yeah, Tracy did, but I certainly want to see it myself. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's good. I think the whole church ought to see it. You will. Yeah. But in other words, just stay up here, say, for about 15 minutes and then come out there, okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want people to be hurt because we did. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They might be something that would. So we'll just go short. Thank you. 